Well, I want to say Merry Christmas to all of our congregations scattered across the nine different campuses, and uh, of course, the one in Africa. I just, I, I just love what God's doing in our church. I love that we have all the different opportunities for the different amount of Christmas services. Each campus is different, but we have 29 services going on. And if you have not got your fix of Christmas carols, and I know there's many of you because we get the emails, all right, be there for Christmas Eve. How many know we're singing a lot? And it makes everybody happy. But I'm looking forward to that. And I got to say this, um, I feel really sentimental this Christmas. People are saying, well, what can we get you for gifts? And I just, I felt like I kept saying, you know, I just want my family around. I just want to be with family. I just want to spend time with family. And so I know that means I'm getting older. And uh, it doesn't get them off the hook. You still have to buy me a gift, family. I'm just saying. All right. But I want to be with family. And I hope you're able to spend time with family and with your church family. Bring someone with. We'll make room. We'll jam them in. And uh, the earlier services, usually in the day on Christmas Eve, are a little lighter in attendance. But man, get here. We will make room for you. Now, we're continuing. It's a very short series, a short Christmas series. And uh, we've entitled it Fear Not. Our Christmas series is called Fear Not. And Pastor Darren did a great job starting out last week and uh, talking about just not having that fear and just fear in general and how there's so many different fears that people have. And uh, I know I watched it and, uh, online, and uh, I'm just praying no one in our church bought that Jell-O monster slime for $51, okay? Just praying. You're like, I was just thinking, I mean, Play-Doh's edible. Go with Play-Doh. You know what I mean? Like, it's not talk. Anyways, but, you know, I just thought the guy that invented that green slime, his dad invented the pet rock. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so don't, I hope you didn't fall for it. But anyways. We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear and, and fear not and continue with the Christmas story um, because I don't believe God wants us to live in fear. I believe he wants us to live in love. I believe he wants to live in peace. And it's interesting. Isn't it interesting when you read in Matthew and you read in Luke, you just see over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not. And I think about this. If an angel appeared to me, just if I was just like doing my devotions at my house and all of a sudden an angel appeared, how many know I'd probably fall on the floor? I would be afraid and they would have to say, fear not, okay? There's one for you. I just, there, it's fear not. It's all throughout the Bible, not only in, in the story of the birth of Jesus, but it's all throughout the Bible. There are 365, do not fear or fear not. There's one for every day of the year, except for leap year. That year you're on your own on that day, you know? It's 365. I mean, it's fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. So I want to look at the birth of Jesus. And when you look at it with Zechariah and Luke uh, 1.13, but the angel said to him, fear not, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. With Mary in Luke 1.30, he says, and the angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. With Joseph in the dream in Matthew 1.20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, you, son of David, fear not. To take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Pretty much everywhere there was an angel moment, there was that statement of fear not. Now, why is that important to us? And why was it all in every scripture? And why do we see in the Bible that everybody's afraid instead of like, yay, an angel? Yay, like you're special if an angel shows up. Here's what had happened. Due to tradition, not Bible, not anything that God was creating, but due to tradition, they started thinking, if an angel shows up, that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Matter of fact, if an angel shows up in your life, if God's messenger comes, that really means you're probably going to die in just a few short days. 
And so they, can you imagine that? That's how they're living. And so that was their culture. And so that's what they're raised up in. And so all of a sudden they're thinking like, it's not good to see Gabriel. He's more like Grim Reaper, not Gabriel. And so they're afraid. And so anytime that the, the supernatural would happen in those moments, they're thinking, oh no, now I'm gonna die. Now it's bad. There's a, this is an encounter with God and, 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 and I'm afraid of whatever God wants to do. Now I wanna be clear that having a fear of God is one thing, but having fear towards God is another thing. The Bible is okay with us having a fear of God, and when it says that, it's meaning that we have a holy reverence, an awe, a deep respect for God, okay? It's okay for that. Matter of fact, um, how many have heard of fear of God clothing? Have you heard of fear of God clothing? All right, it's very popular mostly at our Minneapolis campus, and uh, yeah, it's very popular. It's very expensive too, all right? And the founder, Jerry Lorenzo, he, he was asked about this, like, you got fear of God clothing, and people are wearing fear of God. And, and are you saying people should be afraid of God? And he said, no, I'm not saying they should be afraid of God and have fear towards God. I'm saying they should have reverence towards God. They should have an awe. They should have a respect for God. Okay, so most people, though, when I think about it, most people have fear towards God. They have fear towards God. They feel that he's unapproachable, that he wants to hammer them. Matter of fact, you're probably thinking about people that you want to invite to Christmas, and maybe you've heard the same excuse over and over again. Yeah, God doesn't want me there. God doesn't want me. Yeah, me and God are not on good terms. There's almost like a fear of God that is not, it's not a healthy fear of God. It's a fear toward God. And they're like, no, no, not, no I, I, I'll, I'll come to dinner. What time is dinner? Well, I'll come after church. Or maybe they're at your house and you ate dinner and you're like, let's go to the service. Like, no, 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 no. And you can almost feel it, that there's a fear towards God. I mean, it's sad that they would think like, you know, I've got to stay away. But here's the thing. If the picture of God is that he's angry and that he's mean and that we don't like them and God doesn't like them, I'd stay away from church too. I'd be like, I don't, I don't want to go. I, I, the meal was good, but I'm not going there because I don't think God likes me. I don't think the people there like me. And I believe that God is saying, you know what? Don't be afraid. And I believe, I love the beauty of the Christmas story now that God's like, don't be afraid. I'm sending my son, I'm sending a baby. Who's afraid of a baby? He's sending a baby. And the message that we're celebrating is that God loved us so much that he sent his son to this earth. And it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I just am in awe of the wisdom of God sending a baby to a world that was living with fear towards God. So I'm praying that you'll have a, a greater uh, uh, success. I'm praying that you'll have an anointing when you invite people that have fear towards God and they'll say yes this year. And they'll say, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm gonna be a part of this. I wanna be a part of this because if you're telling me that there's a different picture of God, I'm interested. I believe the world has taken our story and I believe they've changed it, and I believe they've distorted it, and they've made the church seem angry and mean. And I know some churches are angry and mean. I know sometimes we can be angry and mean, okay? That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. But I feel like the world has distorted the picture of who God is. It's almost as if God paints a masterpiece of his love, he paints this masterpiece of his love and it's beautiful to the world. And then it's almost as if an imposter came along and, and, and painted over the painting. You've ever seen that like in a movie where there's like a painting on a painting and they're like, wait a minute, 
The painting's underneath this painting. That's how I feel it is with the love of God. Like the love of God is the original painting and the enemy, the devil went and painted over the masterpiece and he's made it look like God is mean and angry and doesn't love people and he's not in love with them and he doesn't want to forgive them. And then the devil puts God's signature down in the bottom and the world's like, well, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that picture. And it's up to us to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's not the right picture. That's not the right picture. The right picture of God is that he loves us and it's up to us to be like antiquities restorers and go in there like, wait, 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 wait. If we rub this up, see, that's the love of God. Wait, 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 there's, he's, he's sending his son Jesus. Wait, here's more to the picture. Here's, he died for you. Wait, here's more for the picture. That's our job. That's our job to go out there and let them know that, that God's saying, don't fear, I love you. I'm not gonna zap you while you're living on this earth. I'm asking for your, for your uh, repentance. I'm giving my love to you. I'm pouring out my love. That's the God we serve. That's the picture that we have to present to this world. And I'm just praying we'll do a better job with it. I mean, it's interesting. I think about 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, the God who rules this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They cannot see the light, which is the good news about our glorious Christ who shows what God is like. He's saying they're blinded. Somebody painted over the masterpiece and it's up to us to go out there with the power of the Holy Spirit and to help get the original painting back so they can see the love of God. That's what we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to reveal it to them so they see God is love. God is love. God is love. And so I'm praying that we'll run out there now into this world and say, hey, fear not. Fear not, like you're invited. Fear not, there's a place for you. Fear not, okay, it's a place for you to come in and be a part of this. And I wanna point out to you just individually, not just about people that have a fear towards God, but to us today, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. And I'll, I'll give you just a few quick things from the, the story of the birth of Jesus. We don't have to fear because first of all, we see this, God is love. Okay, you don't have to fear today because God is love. I already talked about this for quite a while, but you know, he, God didn't zap those people. They were afraid that God was gonna zap them. And instead he's like, no, I love you. I have, a, I have something going on here. I, I love you. And you need to hear that. You need to hear that right now. God loves you. Okay, there's our story, but how does that apply to us? He's, he's loving Zachariah, he's loving Mary, he's loving Joseph, he's with them, and he's, he's not taking them out, but he's taking them on an amazing journey. And you need to hear that God loves you. You need to hear that. And we need to see the, the beauty of the baby in Bethlehem, that God is love, and you need to not be afraid today. Second thing, though, jumping forward in this story, I see this. He knew their name. When I look at this story and I look at all the different people, he knew their name and he knows your name. I think it's interesting. I just, this jumped out to the, of the text to me. And in, in Luke 1, he's like, Zacharias. He's like saying his name. And it, with Mary, Mary, this is your name. With Joseph, it's like Joseph in a dream, son of David. I mean, he's saying his name in the dream. And God's like, I know your name. I know your name. And I, I, I draw a comfort from that, that he didn't say, hey, buddy, hey, pal, got a plan for you. What's your name again? Zachary? Okay, sorry. I got a lot of people to take care of here. You know? yeah. I, think, I, I love that we're not anonymous and that everyone that was called in this has a name. And how many know it's beautiful when people say your name? 
know your name, you know? So just do this for real quick. If, if you don't know, like some of you are like, well, I'm sitting next to my spouse, I know their name, but turn the other way or in front of you. Tell somebody your name right now. Turn and tell them your name, tell them your name. And if they didn't know your name, they're glad. Tell them your name, get to know their name. Now write it down because you're going to forget it. Right now at some of our campuses are like, praise God, thank you, Pastor Rob. You answered my prayer. I wanted to know her name. All right, I got it, I got it. Uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful when someone knows your name. In a world of 7.6 billion people, in a world of 7.6 billion people, God knows your name. God knows you. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. You know what? Because he loves you and because he knows your name. I mean, in our church, I, I walk around and, and I meet people all the time and, and, and they're like, hey, they go to the church three years, I'm at this campus. And I'm like, tell me your name. And I don't know everybody's name, and, but I thank God that somebody at the church knows your name. And you need to be so involved in the church that 12 people know your name and you know 12 people's names. Seriously. You're like, why'd you pick 12? 12 disciples. That's why I did it. All right. Seriously. If you're going to get the most out of church, 12 people need to know your name. You need to know 12 people. You need to, we're in this together. We're not anonymous. And the bigger the church grows, we got to know each other's name. All right. And so we're going to know each other's name and God knows their name and he knows your name. And so we don't need to be afraid. God knows your name. Now, another thing that I draw comfort from this story is God knows your mess. God knows your mess. All right. First of all, he's like, I love you guys. I'm not going to kill you. All right, I'm calling you by name. We're, this is, I know who you are, all right? But then he's like, I know your mess. When I look at this, I see Zacharias. And he's like, hey, I don't, have any, I don't have a child. Me and Elizabeth, we have no child, right? And God's like, I know, I know your mess. I know what you're going through. I know that you really want a child. I know that you've been praying over and over and over. I know your mess. I know your mess. And he's like, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I've heard your prayer. I love what Pastor Darren said last week. He's like, your prayers don't have an expiration date. I absolutely love that. I rerounded again, listened to it again. And I was like, amen on that. I, and, and here's what I just had this visual of our prayers bouncing around until they get answered. That's what I thought of. He's like, I know your mess and I'm about to step into your mess with you in this story. Now, here's, this is a little different with Mary, he's like, oh, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, how will this be? I'm a virgin. Um, I'm just, I don't think that works, you know. And God says, okay, the angel says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now imagine that she's like, I was, I, I was living a pretty mess-free life. And you called me highly favored. Remember that? God gave me a nice little heavenly nickname. And now you just made a mess of my life. Right? Right? I mean, a supernaturalness, mess, a godly mess, right? I mean, but nonetheless, a mess. I mean, she's like, how they be? Oh, and I'm engaged. All right. All right. All right. And I just, I've been thinking about this. God, but God knew the mess. I mean, okay, just a side thought. What if God wants to step in your life and make it a mess for his glory and honor? I would say, you know, there's that show, Say Yes to the Dress. I would say, say yes to the mess. <laughs> say yes to the mess. Say, okay, God, we've we got to be like Mary. So be it. 
feed unto me. If God says it, I do it. So God's like, I'm aware of your mess. I'm aware of your mess. And she's like, okay, Joseph, okay. How many know God's aware of the mess? And then he goes and steps into the life of Joseph, speaks to him in a dream. And he's like, what a mess, what a mess, what a mess that she's made and what a mess. And God's like, no, this is my mess. And he tells him, it's gonna be okay. I know your mess. And what's amazing to me, again, Mary and Joseph endure the mess for the glory of God. Just think about it. What if being used by God makes you an outcast or a talking point of someone else? Like, don't be like them. They had it all. And then they went and did this crazy thing and did that. And now they don't have anything. What if being used by God means your life is going to turn into a supernatural mess, but it's exactly where he wants you to be? Say yes to the mess. Say yes to it. And God's like, I know your mess. I know it. I see it. And um, you see this in the life of Jesus. He goes to messy people. And I, I just can imagine people like, why is he talking to us? Doesn't he know we're like outcast and marginalized? And, you know, and I'm sure Jesus overhears them like, hey, you should hear what they say about my family in Nazareth. You know, <laughs> we're good. We're good. I know your mess. You know what? I, I think sometimes people feel like, when it comes to God, they're like, if he knew my mess, he wouldn't love me. And he's like, no, I know your mess. I know your mess and I love you and I want to help you in your mess. I want to clean up a lot of mess. I will make some supernatural mess, but seriously, God knows our messes and he knows the messy life that we live. Here's another thought. Sometimes your best ministry comes out of your mess. Really, sometimes your best ministry comes out of your mess. The things that were so tragic, that were so bad, that you thought were like the end of it all, and then God redeems you, God saves you, God forgives you and gives you grace, and then all of a sudden what was your mess becomes your ministry, and then who knows what God can do with you? Okay, he loves you, he knows your name, he knows your mess, and here's the other thought I'll give you, because I see this in this story with all three of these people. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the plans, okay? He's, he has a plan for your life, because when I look at this, I see this with Zechariah. In, in, in Luke 1, it says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Here's his name. He will be, there is plan a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of, his birth, because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's, then he gives them like parenting instructions. You talk about plans and, and directions. He's never to take wine or to other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's like, I've got a plan. I love you. I know your name. I know your mess. And now I'm revealing the plan for you. And if God did it for him, does he do it for Mary? Of course he does. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. He's like, I got a plan. I got a plan with Joseph. Same thing, we get the download. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I love that. In this whole story, each character, each person, 
God loves me. He didn't zap me. He knows my name. He's calling me by name. He knows the mess that I'm in. He created a supernatural mess, but I'm in the mess for his glory. He's going to use this for his good. And then now he knows the plan that he has for me and he's laying it out. I absolutely love that. And I believe this. I believe this. You don't have to fear because I believe God has a plan for you. I believe that. I believe that God has a plan for you. And he's like, I know the plans that I have for you. I'm not, I'm not caught off guard. I didn't just have it for them and, and for Pastor Rob and your campus. They're, they're, it's for everyone, every single one of us. You need to hear that. Don't fear because God has a plan for you. We'll say, well, I don't know it. I don't know it. Well, you know enough right now to be on the journey. And I love this. God gave eventually more revelation to Joseph. I love that. He's like, okay, I got the plan so far. Okay. And then, all right, now you're going to Egypt. Okay. Now you're going back. Okay. All right. And that plan was just being revealed little by little by little. Maybe God has just given you a little piece of the plan, or maybe he's given you the John the Baptist download, like you're getting all the plan and it's blowing your mind. I like when he reveals it little by little by little. Sometimes when he reveals so much, I'm like, that I don't, choose someone else, choose someone else. But he's saying, I've got a plan for you, don't fear. And then here's the thing I'd say about that, you're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. Psalm 37, verse 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I believe that. I believe that the Lord is directing the steps of the godly, and he's delighting in every detail of your life. And he's saying, we're on this journey together. We're on this journey together. You don't have to be afraid. And I think there's so many people that are afraid of whatever God wants them to do. How do I know that? I deal with so many people. They say, i, I I'm afraid. I'm afraid to step out in this. I really feel God prompting me to do this. And I feel afraid to do it. I don't feel adequate. I don't feel up to the call. I, I, I don't know. I'm afraid what other people will say. God's like, okay, take a look at this. Take a look at this and live in this revelation. Live. I, I, I love you. I know your name. I know your mess. And I know the plan that I have for you. And I'm praying this Christmas that the perfect love of God will drive out all fear. So I'm praying. I'm praying it'll drive out all fear. We'll just say, your will be done. Lord, whatever you say, that's what I want to have done in my life. Whatever you say, I want to have that done in my life. He loves us. He knows our name. He knows our mess. And he has a plan for each and every one of us. And I want to pray right now that we can just overcome fear in Jesus' name. This, this story will give us comfort. We're like, there it is, so simple, right there. It's right there before us. I didn't see it before, but now I see it. And God, I want to live in peace and not in fear. So God, I'm just praying right now for our church. I'm praying that they would realize they're not here by accident, but there's a plan for them. And I'm praying right now that they would see that you love them. And I'm praying for every invitation that goes out from our church. I'm praying right now that every single one of us, when we invite someone to be a part of it, that, they, that people might have a fear of God, a healthy respect, but I pray if they have fear toward God, they're going to say, God, I, did, I, I, I didn't know that you would love me. And I pray against a fear toward God and instead pray that they would see the love of God. So I'm just praying we'd have a boldness upon us to invite more people in and to say, God loves you. God has a plan for you. And God wants you to be part of his family. And so God, I'm praying for that. I'm praying that we'd see that we, you know our name, you know our mess, you'll use our mess. And from that, a ministry will be born. We just believe it, God. Yes. And I'm praying, Lord, 
that we know that you have a plan for us. And I pray against fear that keeps us from stepping into that plan, fear that just holds us back, fear that says, pick somebody else, fear that says, I, I, I can't do it. I can't step into it. God, I pray you'd reveal little by little by little by little the next step for every single person. And they'd be able to say, I trust you. I trust you. God, help us to fear not this Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.